With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good evening, one and all. It love pod twenty four coming in your ears. It's Sunday night again. It's a late one. Guys, twenty to ten on the on a school night, lads. We'll have to try and whiz through this one quickly. Good job. There's nothing to talk about this week. Eh? <laughs> I'm joined by the lovely Dan. Dan, how are you doing, pal? I'm all right, me. I'm quite quite frazzled. It's been a busy old day, but and I've only got some slam to look forward to tonight. So it's going to be a late one again. So this will be out nice and early, no doubt. Oh, if you bet on. Oh, I, I've done about four bets and they're all massive. But basically. Cena, because he always wins. Owens, because I was told these are certain. Orton, and I think Sheamus in one as well. Then basically, I bet on everything and probably everyone in different turns. But if Arrow doesn't win, it's going to be. A, I'm going to cry. Arrow's <laughs> got to win. That's all I ask for. There's no way he won't win. The celebrity, the celebrity always wins. And uh, we've also got Tom on with us tonight. Tom, how are you doing, Chief? You all right? Uh, yeah, I'm feeling a little bit worse for wear today. Uh, went out last night and. Um, so I can imagine as soon as we've finished recording this, I'll be going straight to bed and uh, <laughs> catching up on some um, well-earned sleep. You, you and me both, but for slightly different yeah. reasons. Where did you, where did you go out into town? Uh, yeah, I graced uh, Bolton with my presence, which Bolton's normally a dreadful night out, but it was our mate's 21st, so it was, it was, it was a good laugh, to be fair. Excellent. Um, I always night, say that night, so, nights, out are, yeah. nights out are dictated by the company, not by the destination. It's always been my mantra for exactly. the life. Good, well pleased to hear it. Personally, I've done nothing today. Too much sun yesterday. Ended up having a bit of a bit of a sofa day today. I can't handle these days of, of an hour and a half sunshine in a straight line. Unbelievable. But let's uh, let's dive straight into talking about football, shall we? Absolutely, that's what we're here for, after all. Um, right. So little little game yesterday. Um, you might have noticed that what well, Bolton played at home. Um, it was the return of a certain Douglas Friedman. Uh, the return of a certain Matthew Mills. And we also managed to score a goal. Unbelievable! Um, we'll talk about the manager, uh, the ex-manager first, just to, just so we get it out of the way. I don't know about you, but I thought his response was a little bit. Uh, well, his return, sorry, was met with a little bit of indifference by Wanderers fans. I guess we've got bigger fish on our fish to fry, bigger things on our plate at the minute than uh, than to worry about what Dougie's up to. Uh, Tom, would he say that's correct? Yeah, well, I heard I heard a few uh, faint Dougie Friedman's a wanker chance right, as expected, but. Uh... <laughs> Uh, well done. And um, but apart from that, no, I, I, he didn't quite get the uh, pantomime reception I was expecting him to get. I was quite looking forward to it as well. As was I. I felt a little bit short-changed by it, to be honest with you. But I think the circumstances uh, dictated that we we're going to be able to focus on getting behind the boys, didn't we, uh, Dan? What, what, what was your response? I mean, obviously you were passionately, passionately uh, in favour of, of rinsing him and hounding him out of the stadium. Yeah, I think. I think when he first, I think he did well. Didn't you predict, or did Tom predict that he wouldn't come out until right as the game kicked off? And that's mm-hmm. what happened. I think most people had taken their eye away from the, the tunnel at that point. But what was the attendance yesterday? This is something that's not on the sixteen sixteen thousand six hundred something. Was it only pretty 16? weak? 
pretty weak. Yeah, yeah I checked it out. I, I tweeted tweet about it last night because I, I was I was expecting it to be much I was much higher. Twenty thousand, to be honest with you. The only thing I can think of. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is that obviously Bolton's slow start to the season probably didn't Forest inspire didn't that bring many. Forest didn't bring many, and it's still holiday to holiday season. There's quite a lot of people who sit near me regularly who are absent. I can presume they're they're, they're on the holidays and so on, with it being still in the middle of the summer holes. Um, but yeah, the attendance was a bit but bit uh, bit poor. But let's not get uh, away from Freeman's uh, Freeman's contribution. He he did get, like you say, a few naughty chants. I was pleased to hear them. Um, but yeah, overall, I just thought it was a bit surprising, really, because I think Mills probably got more jip than Friedman yeah. in the in- initial stage, Dan. And yeah, and he really doesn't really deserve it. I just don't see why people have that asked. He was here, he was shit for one season, was better for the next season, a bit shit, a bit not shit for the next season, and then he left. I don't really see... The... I know people don't like him that much because he comes across as a bit of a knob, but at the end of the day, he came, he served well, and then he left. I don't see the real... No, I was struggling to think. Um, think actually of whether of a player in recent years who has come back after leaving us that's received a poor reception. We've normally been pretty yeah. indifferent to him, to be honest. Who, like, left like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember writing a piece years ago on the site about Daniel Sturridge. The fact that we spent more time clapping him than we start than we spent clapping Wonders at the time. Obviously, it was a lot different yesterday. Um, but I mean, what's your opinion on that one, Tom? Do you think uh, anyone you can particularly remember who who uh, uh, got a poor reception? Well, no, I think I think it's always um, it's always sort of quite bizarre when a uh, next player comes back, especially. Uh, I mean, yeah, I can only remember good receptions, especially when I remember when Kevin Nolan came back for the first time, and over the tunnel they even said a uh, number four and captain Kevin Nolan, which was which was a bit cringe and stuff but um didn't really understand the bad reception for Mills um I'm indifferent to him really uh we didn't offer him like what he was looking for and that's that's the way it goes we couldn't we couldn't offer him the money he wanted so fair play to him but I, I, yeah I, I don't understand uh like all his early touches getting booed or whatever well I guess in the absence of Friedman being a pantomime villain because he he quite wisely kept himself to himself for the first quarter of an hour didn't stand up didn't do anything in there it was only when the game progressed that he did started to venture out of his technical area, and that's when um, the atmosphere kicked up a notch a little bit. I mean, it wasn't you know particularly hateful. I've heard us give Robbie Savage worse abuse, put it that way. Um, <laughs> uh, Robbie Savage hasn't had the impact on Bolton Wanderers that Dougie Dougie towards the end of his tenure has. Uh, but it was interesting. I was I was you know I was expecting more. I mean, we said as much didn't we, in the pod with Mark Isles the other week that you know a, a cauldron of noise was muted and i just think it was it was pretty underwhelming by that respect the atmosphere in general i thought was good yeah it was the, I mean, we'll, we'll talk. A bit hit and miss i wasn't i don't think it was quite as good as the derby game i, was, I had big i had big hopes they would be quite low but you know i wrote a piece about the singing section and the, the you know the guys on the facebook group and i think if they just keep plugging away they'll, they'll get there eventually and make a good atmosphere where, whereabouts do you sit in the ground, Dan? Uh, well, at the minute, I'd obviously have to take it because obviously I'm leaving quite soon. But for the first two home games, I've been sitting basically left, left, left out, the net left out stand, upper tier, front row, halfway line, basically. Quite good seats. But I'm usually next to the away fans. Okay, okay. What about yourself, Tom? Uh, I'm in the north stand up, uh, um, up in the sky. Right, right uh, okay, cool. Yeah. I- but. Yeah, and I think that's quite close to the corner. Cause I think it's in northeast, yeah, the northeast sort of corner. So um, yeah, like I, I was, I was sort of opposed to a drum at first, but I think like oh, he's good. he does, he does get the, uh, he, he does get the chant started when he, uh, when he bangs his drum. So uh, fair play to him. He's quite good as well. That's a nice rhythm when he's yeah. doing the "We're the One and Only Wanderers" bit. In between that, he does a nice little rhythm to it. So, yeah, I noticed that. It's quite good. 
I don't think it's a very loud yeah. drum though. It's not heard very well. The yeah, it's, uh, well, I've I see, I seen him coming out of the ground, and it, it's a it's a really small drum. Mm. Um, yeah, but I mean, what can you expect when he's he's just bringing it himself? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that love, the, the love for him that you're both reporting there, that doesn't uh, doesn't stretch all the way around the ground. There were quite a few. There's quite a few older people near where I sit. By older, I mean in the sort of like fifties approximately, and they were uh, they were going, get that bloody drum away from here, and and not quite as keen as you guys. But I it's miserable bastards. Aren't well, I mean, it, it, I'll just have the opinion. It doesn't really. It's not for my cup of tea. I'd rather we didn't have it, but it's not hurting anything anyone. And if it does inspire a couple of people to get off the backsides and do a bit of singing and chanting, then why the hell not? Um, one thing that did raise a bit of a, uh, an eyebrow on the way to the ground was the team selection, from my point of view. Um, Vela benched again. Um, the fact that Finney was on the bench as well. And the fact that Dan's continued to get played, uh, to play. You know, I noticed your match report, uh, sorry, your player ratings piece, Dan, was, was quite, uh, quite keen on Dan's. I mean, from my point of view, he was... Yeah, he was pretty anonymous, to be honest. I'm not going to say he was diabolical by any stretch, but I didn't feel like he offered anything yeah, going forward. Didn't, didn't didn't really offer anything defensively either, and uh, and I'd, I'd give him a little bit of pelters for being culpable for ball watching when the goal came around as well. So um, why don't you just just maybe just explain to people who've not read the, uh, the the player ratings bit just why you thought well, yeah. Dan's was so good. Well, first of all, when you mentioned the, um, the team selection, firstly, um, the formation, I think I called it pretty well, and I think that's what we should stick with for the majority now unless any special occasion arises, because I think that's just the formation that gives us the most balance across the entirety of the pitch, really. But with Dan's, yeah, I think I think you're not wrong. He was he didn't do much going forward at all, but I think the role he was there to play, as in just the, uh, you know, Matt Davis's assistant, if you will, just to win the ball back, give it to him, and let everybody else do the talking with the ball. He did that perfectly. He didn't put a foot wrong. He, he had one... He had one ambitious pass which he tried playing either Clough or Feeney through and he got intercepted and he had one mm. wayward shot. I think that's the only thing he did wrong. And apart- yeah, that's why he's a very steady game. I'm not saying I wouldn't want Spearing or Vellerin for him because I think they probably do offer a little bit more but I think Dan's was just a nice, steady, calm head in the middle. I think he won the ball back a lot. When we was pressuring him a lot, he was just sitting on the edge of the box and just winning the ball back a lot of- and just getting keeping the pressure on the forest back line. With the ball watching, I think there's a few culprit, a few culpable for that, to be honest with you. The goal, I think it happened with... Uh, it seems to be a, a problem within the team, really, because it looked quite similar to Diego, Diego Fabrini's goal against us for Middlesbrough. And yeah. yeah, they're just standing off him and not expecting him to shoot from 30 yards. And it going in, you know, they happen, don't they? You can't... They should probably should get closer, but they're not really going to expect him to go score from that far out. So I can't. It's annoying. I think I put in the bottom of the player ratings. Mike Davis and Dan's both, well, you know, both should have got to Vaughan at all, let alone sooner. But so knock half a point off each if you want. But I don't think it's that bad. Mm, I think you've been uh, you've been quite generous in in, dis- in describing his his missed missed shot. Uh, as, oh, a, yeah. as a shot that went went slightly wide, it nearly knocked me on the head. Nice hit on the halfway line. It was that far wide. It was shocking. Um, but not going to not going to not going to um, single him out by any stretch. But I just thought it was interesting how he uh, he does continue to get in there, and, and Lennon continues to to either play Vela out of position or to to leave him on the bench. Um, it, it was interesting, and I thought as the game wore on, we struggled to keep possession, and I thought that well, that's the perfect chance to take Dan's off because obviously for the energy that he brings, he can be quite wasteful in possession to maybe fetch on Vela or or Spearing even just to sort of solidify things in the midfield. Tom, do you think that's reasonable? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 there are a few uh, eyebrows raised like from me when I seen Dan starting, and after after reading that 
I read some bizarre stat like he's got like ninety five percent passing accuracy for yeah. the season or something. Which so I paid close attention to him, and to be fair, the vast majority of his passes are about one or two yards. So I mean, mm-hmm. um, but um, yeah, I, I don't think he was dreadful. He was okay. Uh, I, pro- I I probably would have gone with uh, Veller or Spain in there, as has been said. But um, yeah, he, he wasn't awful. I, I I think he's obviously one of Lennon's favourites because he just. He is like he seems to be one of his first names on the team sheet. He seems like undroppable, but uh, yeah, I, I certainly do think Vela and Spearing offer more than him as a footballer. I'm not going to compare Dance to Xavi, but <laughs> don't, you, don't. <laughs> you mentioned that Dance's passes. Well, they both like got heads. Yards. Well, no, that's all. I don't. She's not going to say anything. But that's the most of Xavi in it. It's just keeping the ball moving. I'm not saying Dan's is the best footballer. I'm not even saying I'd want him to start, though. When I wrote my piece about the formation we should play, I didn't even consider Dan's to play in the midfield. I'd forgotten about him, to be honest with you. But he he just did the job well. I don't think, He didn't set the world alight, don't get me wrong, but he just, it was a steady head. And as you said with that passing stat, I think it was before the game, there was only four players in the Championship who've played every game or played... Yeah, played every game or it's even played every game to its entirety. Or have like started every, or played more than seventy minutes in every game, watch something like that. Who have more than ninety four percent passing accuracy, and Dan's is one of them. Now I'm not one to, you know, to you know, to get up on stats and all that type of stuff, but it is interesting that he is keeping the ball quite well, and that's probably why he's in the team at the minute over the likes of well, Spain and Villa. I thought it was a bit of a gamble, personally, given his recent um, liking. I guess is the right word to say for losing the ball on the halfway oh, line. And- and given the fact that Forrest is such a counter-attacking team with that Antonio lad at, on the side, I just thought it was a bit of a gamble oh, um, from from more than one point of view as well. But luckily, it didn't it didn't uh, didn't happen to to cause us too much grief. Uh, I thought that Antonio showed a really good impression of somebody who oh, was playing football but really didn't want to be there. He could not give a single fuck, could he? He didn't no. care. He's some of the win. some of the shots he had, some of the chances he had, he really it was really half-assed. And if I was a Forrest fan, I'd be I'd be fuming, but. Luckily for us, he had an off day because in the first couple of minutes, the way that Wilson started against him, I thought he was going to be for a very, very long yeah, afternoon. He did look at Sturfus, but he handled him well, Wilson, to be fair to him. He's... He did. He, he came back into the game well, didn't he? I think his experience was useful because obviously he's not blessed with, with particular pace or, or any pace at all. Um, but yeah, I thought he kept him under t- under a tight leash. There was only that one chance in the second half when yeah. Ad, uh, Antonio went clean through and yet again just tried some sort of pissy finish that, that, that went straight into Amos's uh, grateful hands. Um, but Tom, um, how did you think that Wilson did? Um, it's the first time I'd seen him play up close and personal, uh, and I, you know, I thought he was okay. Didn't didn't rip up any trees. But then again, he's a fullback. All you've got to be as a fullback is slow. He's, he's steady, steady Eddie for me. Um, but what did you think? Well, I, I, I joke like because he was up against Antonio, who's the best wingers in the league. Um, I remember joking at the match that he was like because I thought he was handling him quite well, and I joked like he, he was doing like a similar job to when uh, Steinson was against Bale a couple of uh, a few well. Like several years ago now, and because um, Steinson, in my opinion, was a poor right back, so uh, and he, he kept Bale quiet that game. So there was slight comparisons to be made there. But um, Wilson, he's he's okay. Um, I think Pizano will replace him in the first team. He, he's he's quite slow, but he's he's a trier. He's 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 a, he's a trier. He's he's. He, <coughs> He knows he's not. He knows he's not the best, um, like yeah, fullback in the league. But like, he, like in his Twitter bios, uh, I used to be shite. Now I'm all right. You know, what I mean, he's, he sort of takes the piss out of himself, and I like that. He's he's okay for our level at the minute as backup. I think. I think he'll become a fan favourite. To be honest with you, I think he's like the new. He's not going to be as good as Reem, but I think he's the new Mister Six Out of Ten type of player. Just steady, 
dependable. You know what you're going to get from him. Work hard. Try his best. Not the best, but you know he's going to give his 100%. And I'm fine with that, to be honest with you. Well, especially, not... especially as Tom says, at our level. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. And on the subject of uh, trying your best but not being particularly good, should we talk about Gary Medine for a bit? <sighs> yeah, that's <fine>. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm, being, I'm, being, I'm being overly critical. There. Um, I was impressed with him in the first half. I thought he was really positive, and I love the fact that he had Matt Mills absolutely cacking himself every time the high a high ball went in the area to it. Mills didn't win a single header all day, and he was he was panicking every time Medina uh, took him on for a challenge. He, he came out second best, which was great to see. Um, so I think from a physical point of view, yeah, top class. Uh, unfortunately, I think from a, a striking goal scoring point of view, left a lot to be desired. Uh, I'll take go go to, through my thoughts later on, Dan. But do you want to let just that us off it on this one. It just feels like nothing's going his way at the minute. If he had a scored in the opening day against Derby, we could be having a completely different conversation right now. We could be talking about a striker who's already on five goals or something. Because I think it's just it's just, just a goal with strikers. It's confidence. Now, obviously, Medine's not going to score 30 goals this season or anything close. But with with strikers, they are just confidence players, aren't they? And I think Medine, I think the amount of bad luck he's having is getting him down a bit. He hit the bar twice against um, Burnham when it bounced off it twice. He hit the bar twice against Derby. He should have got a penalty in the first half against uh, Forrest when he was brought down, and then obviously he missed the penalty against Forrest. And it was it was a poor penalty, I think. He just he he went up to it. Lennon even said in his interview he came up to it very casual, very slack, and he, he I don't he shouldn't have had it in my opinion. But he's, he he does he works hard. He's good for this team because he wins the ball, but he's not he doesn't strike you as a goal scorer at the minute. I think without a goal scorer to play alongside him, unless you know unless Clough finally. Is there a player who seems a little low on confidence as well at the minute? Mm, I'm gonna gonna t- I'm, yeah, I'm going to take issue with a couple of bits and pieces there. I don't agree necessarily on Clough. Um, and Medine, again, I think you've been generous to him now. I think he, he's had enough chances so far. And oh, it's, all well, agree, yeah. he is. It's, it's all well and good saying that uh, you know a, a goal's going to come. But how many chances is he going to miss? We might as well have kept Craig Davis. You know what? I do, I, I'm agreeing with that as well at the minute because I'm slightly regretting letting Davis go. But you know what? Disappointed me more with Medine's penalty. And not the penalty miss itself, but the rebound after it. That was appalling miss. And that's not even getting the traction. Yeah. Well, he had, four, he had four free headers by my count yeah, on Saturday. He and, and he did nothing with him. He didn't, didn't force the keeper into a save. Even the penalty was a, was a routine save. And, and Tom, do you think I'm being a bit overly harsh that I'm, I'm really not writing him off for the rest of his career by any stretch? But I, I just wasn't that impressed on Saturday. I didn't. Uh, I... I um I agree with you, Chris. I don't think he has any. I, I personally don't think he has any goal scoring instincts. Uh, he, he 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 seems a good hold up player. Uh, he like he wins a lot in the air, obviously. But like in front of goal, he's just he's he's just dreadful. To like, like to be fair, uh, well so far, I mean he was he was banging them in in pre season, but we were against League One teams. You know what I mean? So like yeah, I, th- I think he, I think he's a good target man, but he shouldn't have he shouldn't have had the penalty. Um, perhaps Clough or Matt Davis, someone technical should have had the penalty. Like uh, when like Lee Chung Young took him last season. Well, that's a point I've made in my article but, that's going up tomorrow, Tom. That, that Lennon did say, didn't he, that he thought that a, a more technical player was always the best candidate to take a penalty. Well, it could well, yeah, have been. You, you could have probably picked anyone on the pitch. He'd been a better technical football yeah. than Medine yesterday, so it, it wouldn't yeah. have been too surprising to see Davies or, or Clough, especially Clough, given yeah. his confidence going forward. And yeah, and I could I could, see, I could see the miss coming a mile off, and after he missed, his head his head completely went. Oh, like his miss was the most. He, he was he was, out, the world, wasn't it? It, it was it, so after after after, after, he, after he'd missed, he was just awful. I thought as well. Um, he just seemed his confidence seemed shot, and um, 
I don't. I, I mean, I'd like to say we give him a rest, but I mean, I'm not. I'm not an advocate of starting Emil Heskey. So um, I think Emil Heskey is a good impact player, but yeah, I think we definitely need to buy. Uh, well, not buy because we have no money, but we definitely need to bring in a goal scorer, whoever that may be. Yeah, I think everyone's everyone's of the same opinion there. Um, I thought that on on the you know the counterpoint to that, I thought I was very impressed with uh, with Young Wellington. I thought he started very confidently. Mm. I loved loved how direct he was as well. There was no messing about. As soon as he got the ball, he was running forward, attacking defenders, taking them on, in, inviting challenges, winning the odd free kick against us as well. It, it really really positive debut, and uh, and I hope it's a sign of things to come. Dan, do you think that's a, that's a fair assessment? Yeah, I think he ran into trouble a little bit at times. He could have maybe given a pass or you know looked to conserve to conserve the ball a bit better. And at times his end product wasn't the best. But I don't give a fuck because I've not seen when was the last time we had a player that direct who, when soon as he's on the ball, he's looking to run at defenders instantly. I don't, I don't remember one personally. Do you? Not at all. And I think I'm, I'm going to put a lot of it down to the fact that he's he's probably not played a great deal of football in the. Uh, in the last few months, I'm not sure what his pre-season was like at Arsenal, if he had one at all. Um, but Tom, how do you think he got on? Wellington, I'm referring to. Uh, by the way. Yeah, yeah I, I was well impressed. Uh, it took us a, like it took us a while to get him into the game at first, but then like the first the first time he got on the ball, really, and he just drove inside, and uh, yeah, he had me on my feet, and um, he drew quite a lot of fouls as well, so he could win us some free kick. He could win us some free kicks in dangerous areas if uh, if nothing else. But at the minute. Obviously, free kicks are useless because we have no one who can seem to take them at the minute. But uh, yeah, I, I was well impressed with Wellington, to be fair. I thought he put in a couple of good set pieces myself, a couple of decent corners, and certainly put them in the danger, danger zone. And I, I know we looked a bit more dangerous from corners, the more more dangerous than we had in the last few weeks, um, which could be something that we could do. Now, I wondered whether there was an option uh, and what you guys think about it. But I was considering how, how competent Medina is in the air, whether there's any kind of scope we could do instead of playing. Clough off him. You maybe play Wellington off him instead, uh, and allow Clough to drop a tiny little bit deeper and, and concentrate a bit more on a bit on a creative role and being on the end of these flicks. Um, I just think his pace would be would be an asset up there. Do you think I'm onto something then? I was thinking that if Lennon went for the diamond again instead of going four two three one, that Wellington would be the person to play up front because of his pace, as you say. But I think with Clough, I don't know where I don't know where he's going to play. I think he needs to get somewhere where the space, and I don't think going deeper any deeper than he already is or any far out wide is going to help him. He needs to be up near the top where Medine's dragging defenders to him so he can pick up, get in the space. I think of Clough's run against MK Dons, I don't know if we've talked about it at all on any podcast because I can't remember. Wait, have we not done a podcast since we drew to it, lost MK nope. Dons? Not no, because that was that was Tuesday and this is Saturday, mate. There's only been like five days in between <laughs> the two. I it just well, I fucked it, this agenda up quite badly, haven't I? But basically... It just run. feels like a long time, doesn't it, in between yeah, matches, definitely. even though it's only, only less than a week. You've probably seen it by now then, so Clough's run that he did in the first half against MK Dons, he literally took on four players and was got into the six-yard box from the halfway line and was just about to let fire, and then an amazing tackle came in out of nowhere and stopped him. But with Clough, I think he just needs to be in the middle so he can get on the ball and find his own space. Against Forrest, it was hard because, you know, trademark Dougie playing a centre-back in centre-midfield. He just didn't. He couldn't find any of the space at all. But I think he'll come with Clough. He'll definitely come because he has. We all know he's got the quality, and I think that dribble against if that goal had gone in against Edgar Dons, he would have been. We tweeted. We, we tweeted out a link to the uh, a, a gif of it. I don't know if you've seen it, but yeah. it's been it's been doing the rounds this afternoon, and it was it was outstanding. Mm. Um, but then you know, you know, at the end of the day, with Clough, he's capable of that we all know he is, and I think I find it astonishing. I really find it astonishing that he, that some people online were were questioning whether his heart was in it. It was just 
you know, how, how stupid can people be? And, and I think that we're guilty of demanding too much from the lad as well. We've got to try and keep in the back of our minds as excited as we are about his talent. He's not even, I bet he's not even played 20 games for us yet in his career. You know, he's only making his way in the game still. Not going to be on fire every week like Messi or Ronaldo or someone like that. Tom, you, you've obviously seen Clough coming up through the ranks in your uh, in your preference for watching the academy from time to time. Did Clough blow hot and cold when he was playing for the academy a little bit? Or, or was he consistent? And do you think he's just maybe learning to deal with the fact that he's got a reputation now and people are going to mark him more closely? Well, he, he like he had a, he had a period where he... he he was like um, scored for fun, and then I think once Friedman sort of talked him up, then never followed through with it. He went off the boil a bit in the under twenty ones. That's but, understandable, I guess, for a young yeah, lad. Um, yeah, but um, obviously, like I think last season, obviously uh, he played with Lafondra quite a bit, and he did play off Lafondra, but I don't. He, he seemed to play like much closer to the striker than he is doing at the minute, yeah. and uh, I, I'd like because. Yeah, he's not an he's not an out. Well, he was he was an out and out striker in the reserves, but I mean, he's a different kind of forward, though, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. He's not as as he's coming, he is more, he is more of a like second striker now. But um, I think at the minute he he seems to be like he seems to be getting in, sucked into the midfield too much yeah, rather than an, and um, I I do think he needs to we need to get him close to the front man personally. That's why I that's why I like suggested that you know going back to four two three one because I think in the diamond when there was only one player directly behind him, he 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 was getting far far too he was playing a defensive role because it was the two front men who was staying up top. But now with this four two three one, if Lennon does stick with it, he has got two solid midfielders, hopefully solid midfielders right behind him who can do all the defensive stuff and he won't need to. He can stay up. And I completely agree. That he needs to be in closer to Medine and trying to. F- feed off his flicks and his hold downs and get involved more like I said he's not started the season on fire at all he's he's shown well in flits and bits he's looked good he's shown the potential but I, I completely agree because we can't get on his back now because if we do then we're fucked and we'll show just how shit a fan base we are well I just think it's just a pointless endeavour because it's not going to change anything whether we cheer him whether we don't cheer him you know it's it's just a waste of time it's the same as anything Um Tom, I'm going to stick with you. It was nice to see Finney on the on the bench. Um, obviously, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago, being very highly thought of centre half on the reserve team. I, I felt sorry for the lad sat behind me who spent the entire uh, entire game watching him warm up, convinced that we'd signed Goofran from Newcastle. Um, <laughs> I thought that was quite interesting. Um, but then also Jamie Thomas was in the matchday squad. He wasn't on the bench, but uh, but he was there with his new shiny number forty shirt, inherited from a certain Zach Clough. Um, but. Can you tell us a bit about Thomas? Because I've never seen him play, I'll be honest, and, and I'm interested to know what people think and, 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 and you've seen him play more than I have. So do you want to just take the floor and let us know what you think about Thomas? What what could he bring to the team if he was given a chance and do you think he's ready at this age, at tender age of, what, 17? I think, yeah, I, th- I think he might be 18. But first and foremost, obviously, well, judging from his record, he brings goals. He's He's quite, like... He he is basically just sort of your like out and out goal scorer. Like he uh, he has great confidence in his own ability, which it it can it's a good thing in some ways and in other ways it's a bad thing. Like he'll try a bit too much at times. Like obviously, I don't know if you saw his uh, his goal against uh, Bristol City reserves because it, it they did put it on the YouTube channel. But there that that was that was a brilliant piece of skill. But um, obviously. When you go to the matches, you'll see him try that sort of thing, and it it won't come off like some of the time. But um, 
he has got that in his locker. Yeah, got he, the confidence to, yeah. to try again though and to yeah, assist. Exactly. Uh, fair that play to him. He, he he can take free kicks, tappings, like long range goals. He, like he he can score goals from everywhere, and I think it's just a matter of whether that can translate to first team because Connor Wilkinson scored a lot of goals at reserve level. Tom Eaves went for a spell of scoring a lot of goals at reserve level. You know, what I mean, it's 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 a big step up. Oh yeah, it's not automatic, um, is it? Yeah, it's not, gar- not um, guaranteed. Obadiah Ob- scored a lot of goals. You know, it's it's obviously if he's in the matchday squad, well, he's not even a professional. Well, not in the matchday squad, but he's sort of there thereabouts. He's been given a squad number when he's still not a uh, professional yet. I mean, obviously Lennon's taken notice of his form for the reserves, and he's obviously seen him in training. He's seen him up close, and if he thinks he's good enough uh, to be there or thereabouts, um, then it'd, it'd be nice. Maybe we won't have to go out looking for this uh, goal scorer. We might already have him in our ranks. Interesting, and very then, interesting. Uh, um, yeah. No, please carry on. Sorry, I didn't mean to. And then, uh, sorry, then for Alex Finney, yeah, it's, it's, he seems to have leapfrogged uh, Quade Taylor, as does Rob Holding. Uh, Quade Taylor seems to be down the pecking order somewhat now. But yeah, uh, Alex Finney, he's, he's a leader, solid centre-back. He had, he had a great partnership with Taylor at, at reserve level. Obviously, not, he's not played for weeks uh, for the reserves because he has been promoted and to the first team and he has been injured um Earlier in the season, that's why he didn't play. Uh, uh, that's why he didn't play against Burton or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, he, apparently he looked good on his uh, debut in pre-season uh, for the first team. So um, hopefully he's another one who uh, who can step up. We we do seem quite well stocked at centre back at the minute though. So um, it's yeah, good, it's, it's, it's quite in, good to have options yeah, there. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because um, historically, I know we, we've promoted from within a lot over the years, but. I don't remember that. Like my mate, I didn't even the last centre half that we brought through. Maybe Nicky Hunt. Obviously, he converted to a right back pretty soon after. Um, yeah. But before that, before that, perhaps maybe you know I don't even know about going as far back as think, Stubbs. Uh, perhaps you know. I think I think Chris Basham started off as centre back. Ah yeah. Of course. Uh, obviously, uh, we spent a million on Mark Connolly, but that never really worked out. Uh, I think he's doing he's doing well in SPL now, but I could do well in SPL. Let's not get too carried away yeah. in the SPL. Uh, but uh, obviously we had uh, Kyle Bartley, who was a young Strutters, and he ended up uh, getting poached by Arsenal, now at Swansea. Um, never played a first team for us, but... Um, no, but his mum and my mum were good yeah. friends, so it was uh, yeah, ITK on that one. ITK. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, got, we got good money for Bartley, we got a million quid, and he was, I think he was 15, yeah. something like that, but... But he got a massive, uh, massive uh, amount of money off Arsenal to go and sign for them. We're talking a good couple of thousand pound a week at fifteen, sixteen year old. It's uh, it was phenomenal money. I think, I think, to, I think, I think to be fair with Finney though, I think, I think we've bought him from a Leighton Orient. I think it is. That's right. To, to be fair, so even he's not one we've like brought for ourselves really. But I mean, it, it is. I do always like seeing youth players in and around the first team. So uh, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's it's good, isn't it? it sorry, ha- sorry. Do you not find it a bit harsh that Rob Holding's now been seemingly dropped after his performance against Middlesbrough? Yeah, he was sort of chucked under a bus against Middlesbrough. Yeah, I think, exactly. really. Uh, I mean, well, I, yeah, I, I put myself through the ordeal of watching the uh, the the ninety minute sort of rerun, and it seemed like he was on the left of the back. It seemed like yeah. I think he was on the left of the back three, and then he went to right back. It was just he was just completely out of position. Considering he is naturally a right back, so I mean, obviously he showed he can play centre back at Burton, but to be on the left of a back three was just bizarre. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure I agree, but maybe Finney has come back from injury. Maybe he was uh, higher than him in the pecking order anyway. In Lennon's view, I think with Lennon, Lennon's shown that if 
if he thinks you're good enough, you'll get a chance. Uh, and we've seen with Tom Walker, for example, that you know he, he will he won't just give you one chance; he'll give you a, he'll give you a good old chance to to establish yourself. So I really don't think it's going to be the end of holding. Well, it's, um, it's like it's like on the behind the scenes video for the uh, Burton Albion game. He he said to Rob Holden before the match, he said, uh, he said to him, "Don't be nervous because you're here on merit. You're here on merit, not because like." We're having to play you, um, yeah, and that's not going to so, change just because yeah. of one 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 half one half average performance. So, it, I think his his time will come again. What do you think of Walker against uh, Forrest? Then I know he was quite underwhelming. But I think it was a bit unfair when him playing. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I think you know you can put you could put me on the left hand side of anywhere, and I'm the most right foot player you've ever seen in your life. So I, it's difficult to judge him. And I did call Feeney coming on just to to give us a bit more pace on the account on the counter. I understand what Lennon was trying. Yeah. Uh, and and by the way, back to Wellington. Is he left footed or right footed? Right-footed, I can't tell. But he can drive. That's the that's where he differs from Walker. Whereas Walker yeah. seems to be more. He wants to go on down to the flank and cross it in. Yeah, Walker's more your traditional winger, isn't he? He's just like head down, run down the wing, cross it in. Wellington is driving inside and looking for goal. Yeah, I think that's a really, really interesting angle that we can bring, especially having the the aerial strength of Medine is is by having two people who can put put a good cross in. And I'm positive that was Lennon's in uh, in intention. Then, then yeah. So I think that I think that's very true. Lot very true. I'd like to see that formation with Walker on the left and Wellington on the right. Because even though it might take a bit out of Wellington's game in driving in field, I'd like to see him guard defenders down the flanks and, as you say, get it into Medin. Because we have a target man. Why aren't we getting crosses to him? And it's all well and good hitting, you know, defeat smacking 50-yard shite balls up to him every game. But we need to get, start getting more better crosses into him. So definitely. Opportunities. But speaking of definitely. defeat, I think you was impressed, weren't you, Chris? Yeah, I think you've got a, a shout there for it being one of Davit's best games in a, in a white shirt. Um, I totally agree with Tom's comment of a couple of weeks ago um, down the Money Road, Tom, that is, uh, regarding Davit needing someone in there to, to lead him, to hold his hand through things. And I think that in Prince, although he obviously is, is his junior, the fact they share a common language perhaps might help as well. See, uh, that's interesting because I think Davit stepped up big time in being the leader at that back. I think alongside... Very, the yeah, Prince, possibly. Very, who, very possibly. Who, whilst Prince was, again, after a couple of wobbly away games, he was very solid again at home. Even though yeah, that, I noticed. He looks, he, I've said this, and I don't think you agree with me, but he always looks like in a state of just about to fuck up. Yeah, I, I know where you're coming from on that, and, and I'm going to ask you for an explanation on on, on one point in a minute that you've made yeah. about um, having a, a couple of mistakes. Then, because I thought he was, his performance was pretty much bob on, and I know you're of a of a younger vintage than I am, but Mark, it really really reminded me of Mark Fish hmm. uh, when we had Mark Fish in the team. He was he was fast, he was talented. And he was he was a bit arrogant as well in terms of his ability. He knew what he could do and what he could get away with, um, in terms of trying to play the ball out of out of out of trouble. And also in terms of him having the pace to to capitalise and to to compensate for any mistakes that might come from that. Yeah. And and I think the, the the similarities are are numerous in that respect. Um, but yeah, I noticed you'd wrote written about uh, Prince making a couple of mistakes. I, I know I'm gonna put you on the spot, but oh, which, which one which ones were they? Because I'll be honest with you, I think. Yeah, a, Apart from a missed header, then uh, then I thought he was pretty yeah, much. He impeccable. doesn't look the best in the air, but that's not what I'm alluding to. It's not that he. It's not like he's made mistakes. He look. He just looks like he's going to. He looks like he's just on the edge of fate, and he always. I think that's his game, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's his game, though. I mean, he does live on the edge, and yeah, he, exactly. he might. Leave. Is it? Could it be compared to like how Sacco plays for Liverpool? He sort a of. Bit, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a good. Yeah, show. But I think oh, the ones that remind me, the ones that come to mind are letting the ball bounce from a goal kick. Yeah. Taking an age to head the ball, he literally like took a like a he did like two shimmies back and then jumped for it. Then running, dribbling with the ball in his box, then getting clattered. 
<laughs> and the final one, when for some reason all our defenders are in the ha- in our own half, and then the counter attack with Antonio, he nearly tripped Wilson up while running back. Mm-hmm. It's like I think he's thinking is really good. And I think he's a shrewd signing. He's only pre of age, but he just always looks like he's about to fuck up. But to be honest, yeah. he's he's only yeah he's only twenty one. He's probably he, I, you know I don't know what his career his CV is like in terms of number of games played, but. He's still learning, and I like the fact that he was letting the ball drop it in one respect because if he knows he's not the best in the air, I'd rather yeah, he took a, I'd rather he took a gamble on the things that he knows he's good at, which is which is recovering and and playing the ball out. So if he feels like he's better served yeah. letting it bounce and taking a bit of a gamble, then I guess it, it it serves your argument and it serves mine in that he's he's maybe taking a chance, but he, he believes in himself. He's got that self belief that he can he can work his way out of it, and, and I'm all for it. I know. It might make a few people's hearts uh, flutter a little bit when he does let it bounce from a goal kick when he's one on one with a centre forward. But if he's that confident, then I don't, you know, I'm all for him doing a bit of gambling and trying one, something different. One thing I'd like to say about the defence, though, is although Devitt and Prince have worked very well together so far and we've looked really solid, I think we missed. I know it's going to sound really weird because you know, he's not played like a competitive game for us yet, but I think we missed Derek, as in his ability to pass the ball out, especially the long balls. We missed that outlet so much because Devi is probably worse than Mills on the long ball from. I think Derek. Well, I've only got the the you know, preseason to go off, but he he was hitting Medine every single time, and not only for headers, but catching his runs and getting Medine through on goal, as we saw with his goal against Scunthorpe. I think it might have been someone like that. We that's why it's a dilemma because I don't know who had the best defenses now because I think we really could do with Medine's uh, with Derek's passing. Sorry, uh, but then Prince and Derek haven't put a front. Prince and Devitt, sorry, haven't put a foot wrong yet. It's really interesting. I think I think I remember Mark Allison at one point that, that for Atalanta. I think it was that that, that Prince mm. uh, he played left back for a time, um, which is interesting. But I don't know. We'll wait and see what Derek can do when he comes back. I mean, I'd be uh, I'd be all for these these current four, obviously, with the, with the exception of maybe Pisano coming in and being our first four going forward. But then you've got David Weeds who's played for England. Let's not forget you've got. Derek, who's come from Real Madrid, and, and Laurie Wilson, who's a, a no frills, experienced first division right back. So we're we're, we're blessed. We're blessed with options. We really are, and and that's where I think the likes of Holding and White, uh, Niall Maher, for example. I, I think we'll see them go out on loan in the next couple of weeks before the window ends. Myself. Moxie um, deserves a shout as well. Sorry. Yeah, Moxie. Moxie, given the fact that he was playing with a supposedly with an injection in his toe to get him through the game, I thought he he, he barely put a foot wrong himself. I, he started the season pretty well, hasn't he? By all accounts, Tom. Yeah, yeah. Dean Moxie's um, seems like a new player. Obviously, had a he got a, uh, quite a bit of bad press against Middlesbrough for that uh, the third goal in particular, and didn't close down. But yeah, he's, he, he was he was quality again against Forest. Uh, he, he was quality against Derby. Hopefully, now that Reem's gone, he, he he really has to step up into that left back role. But uh, have we signed this Casado guy? Uh, I've seen he's I've seen he's followed every single Bolton player on Twitter today. Yeah, so, uh, I, 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 I read somewhere that they reckon it's going to be tomorrow. Um, so obviously, it's good, it gives us a few days to get him up to speed. Uh, should he need be needed against Blackburn in case Moxie's injury takes a turn now? He's got a decent CV, but I can't confess to have ever seen him play, so I'm not sure what he'll bring to it. But obviously, Lennon's seen him play, then that's good enough for me. Um, moving on to other debutants, we've got uh, let's not forget Stephen Dobby, mm. scorer of the first goal season, uh, first uh, first goal of the season for the club. Uh, just a minute or two after I said, uh, "Oh, Stephen Dobby, is that what we're is that what we're left with now? Is that the level we're talking out?" And then he he, he snapped one in. Now it was interesting because no, that was the first shot of that type I think we had in the whole game. 
I, I thought with with Wellington being an Arsenal player, obviously he's got the ability to overplay embedded in his DNA. Um, but there's a few times where I thought we could have had a bit of a snapshot from the edge of the box and we and we didn't take it. So it was nice to see one go in. It's a bit difficult to talk about Dobby's performance because he, he only touched the ball four times and two of them was in his own half and one was scoring in the 94th minute or whatever he was. But the interesting option to come off the bench. Um, we've got a little message here, by the way, from the Line of Vienna accounts team on, on that one. Um, I think it's directed at Dougie Friedman. Uh, get it right, that, get it right up here, you dour Scottish twat. That'd be lovely. Um, <laughs> It was nice because I really didn't want to lose that game. I'll take a, I'll take a draw. I thought we deserved the win. Yeah. But at the end of the day, um, it was important for us, for our, our sort of psyche collectively, as well as the football team on that basis, not to lose that game. It was better um, because it was so textbook Friedman. Bringing on a defender oh, it was. for your it sixth was. defender on the pitch and then to concede in the 90th minute. It was absolutely fucking textbook, Dougie. And I can only imagine his face on the sideline. I wish oh. the official photographer had, had caught that moment because caught a lovely moment between the two managers before the game, shaking hands, which basically looks like they're threatening one another. <laughs> and then towards the end, there's less of Freeman, there's more of Lennon. Um, but I think Lennon will feel vindicated because I thought our performance was excellent. I mean, didn't didn't get the re- the rewards we deserve for. For various reasons, but I thought as a as a whole we were a lot better than we were under Lennon last season, and I do think that the uh, the, the sort of resounding victory is on its way soon. Uh, I want to come to you first on that one, Tom. Are you as positive as I am after the game? Do you think we've got a ways to go yet, or do you think it's just a question of one ball falling to the right person at the right time and we'll be on our way? It's hard to say because it did come in uh, the last minute, but as as soon as we scored, we were just we were putting the like. I mean, it was only like two minutes or so, but. We looked. I thought we looked like we could score again and yeah, win after after we uh, scored. So maybe that it? has just lifted the confidence. Um, Definitely. Yeah, and uh, I, I was I was very much like your reaction when we brought Dobby on. I was like, Jesus Christ! Like <laughs> Stephen Dobby's like we we've gone from being able to bring on like I don't know like in the Premier League, in the, yeah, being able, even yeah, Idigo Johnson to Stephen Dobby in the space of a season. Um, but fair play to him, even though Neil Lennon uh, called him Scott quite a few times when he uh, first first joined. Um, no, he's he's an experienced player in this division, and he'll be a, he'll be a solid option to come off the bench. Uh, I think he when will. when we're sort of chasing too. a game. One for, one for sort of final point on this before we move on, because obviously this is the main main bulk of it tonight, because it's an important game. Um, do you think that um, Lennon was a bit cautious in his subs? I mean, I, I would have personally. Personally, I'd have wanted the centre forward as backup to come on before they scored. Never mind after they scored. Um, Dan, do you think there's any merit in that at all? Do you think he could have brought the subs on sooner and been a bit more positive? I was going to bring this up earlier actually when we were on about Lennon, but I think that's my only real qualm with Lennon as a manager so far. He doesn't seem, apart from obviously bringing Feeney on at half time, which was the right move, and it we changed the game. Like the game was fairly even until half time. But with Feeney on, we should give him a mention. To be fair to him, it was probably his best game for. a yeah, a white shirt. Well, that's because he just kept to the simple things, exactly, didn't he? Just exactly. trying to trying to beat his man and whizzing it and whizzing it into and the box. I mean, good. The important they were thing. decent, weren't they? Yeah. All you got to do is stand it up, stand it up to Medine in the middle, yeah. and, and, and that's what he'll and that's what he'll feed. Well, I missed that because bloody <laughs> lesson for you all listening. Don't take children to football. I had to go and get her a, a bloody cup of juice at like two pound twenty for a blooming Powerade or some stupid stuff like that, and I missed the penalty. I only saw it in the football league show, and it was never a penalty in a million years. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, but at least it was Matt Mills. Yeah. Um, but Tom, again, question to you before we knock this one on the head. Um, do you think that's right? Lennon needs to just maybe think about making his subs five or ten minutes earlier and just perhaps being a little bit more positive. 
Yeah, I was, I was sort of getting a bit frustrated yesterday when we weren't making any changes. And it, 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 it was sort of easy to forget that we had made a sub at half-time, even though, like, Fiene did make a good impact. Um, but, yeah, he, he is very cautious uh, with his subs for whatever reason. I think it's just because, obviously, our main players to bring on off the bench are Heskey and Dobby. So we might not have necessarily, like, the same quality off the bench as some teams the thing do. Is, though, um, against Derby, when we were going well and we had the momentum, he had Vela and Matt Davis on the bench then, and he didn't do. The yeah, same true. Thing I think he seems to me a very much a if it's not broke, don't fix it type of manager. Who, if it's going well, he's not going to try and change things. Which well, I think that I think Zach Clough was struggling for a while before he actually got uh, brought off yesterday, especially in the second half. Uh, he just, nothing, nothing was going right for him really, but. Uh, Obviously, with Zach Clough, it's you got it's you've sort of got to be careful again because it's it's a matter of uh, his confidence and stuff as well. If we uh, took him off too early, it's yeah, you yeah. know it could, it could be damaging for him. But um, as and Medine after the uh, after his head went after the penalty, I would have uh, probably liked to have seen him come off maybe. But um, yeah, uh, that's that that is my only problem with Lennon at the minute as well. Really, just uh, needs to um, be more proactive with his substitutions. Maybe I think it's interesting, isn't it? Um... There's a lot to be said for the performance I think, yesterday, and I think that there's a, a, a number of uh, factors all coming together. The team playing well, the fans being up for it, it being a big occasion. Uh, and all, on all in all, it was a, a disappointment not to get three points, but I think most people came away from the game with more positives than negatives. On, on that note, we'll, we'll knock it on the head just for t- the time being, and we'll come back in a moment or two to talk a little bit more about Wanderers and, uh, and what's been going on this past week in non-match day um, business. So stay where you are. Uh, the three of us will be back in a couple of minutes' time. Right, we're back. Uh, the 24th Love Pod. We've come a long way since the first week. Thank you all for listening. You continued support. Uh, right, we're going to talk about Blackburn in a minute or two. Obviously, it's on telly on Friday night, the away game at uh, Ewood Park. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention, though, just back to the, to the Forest game. Uh, what do you boys think about this new um, Newcastle United Burns and Aces rip-off uh, thing that we've employed? Obviously, we were supposed to have Liam with us tonight, but work commitments mean he's been unable to join us. So I should think that the unerring, unerring negativity of his uh, of his opinion towards middle class people dressed in Stone Island gear, singing songs about the world that doesn't mean anything to them, um, is is yet neither here nor there with him being absent. So Liam will give you a nod for next week to to chime in on that one. I'm totally indifferent to it. It means nothing to me whether we have it or whether we don't, but. Uh, I'm much happier to note that we don't have goal music anymore. Yeah. That 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 was more of more note than uh, whether some local local band are doing a little copy of a Newcastle song to me. But Dan, what were your thoughts? I know you're you're into your music. What yeah. were you? You take you, you take that tattoo you've got is it in the right arm? <laughs> it is take that, isn't it? What no, they call? It should. Well, it looks like it, but it's not. So fuck off with that. What they call? It's fighting rabbit. My the well, it actually is. But yeah, it is. Interesting. Like never, stuff. never heard of them. No one ever has, but they're sick. But basically, on the goal music thing, that's a good point because obviously it's taken a while for us to know if there was going to be any or not. But I think when we went to the club meeting a few weeks ago about talking about atmosphere and whatnot, that was a point that came up. And what we came to the conclusion was it was either going to be no goal music or go back to the old times of play. I feel good because it's whilst it's cheesy as any other girl music song, it's ours and it's just funny. And they'd be like reminiscent and whatnot. So I'm glad they went with the no goal music, but that's just you know neither here nor there. But with the Bird and Aces song, um, like I said, I'm not really bothered. I think it sounds all right. It's got the right. Whilst you wouldn't listen to it any other time, 
it's got the it's the right sound for a pop up my match. It sounds like Blue Moon. It sounds like the Blackburn one. And whilst they all might be a little bit same, it you know it suits a football match. I think it's played at the right time. It's not when they're coming out. It's after it. It's what's better than playing fucking Seven Nation Army or whatever. I think it's just it's just nice to have something that's ours for once. And I don't if you think it's shit, it doesn't matter. It's ours. Who gives a fuck? Exactly, Tom. Where do you stand on it? Do you think it might makes it? Do you think it's good? Do you think it's bad? Or do you think we've got more important things to be worried about uh, than uh, the news well, of the music at the match? I think the word I'd use is wanky a bit, but yeah. it, it's a bit <laughs> wanky. But like, <laughs> but uh, it's it's all it's all right, and it's not it's not hurting anyone. It's I don't know. Like first time I heard, it, I, I thought it was dreadful, and then it'll, it'll probably be one of them things. What like. Yeah, it's it's sort of become our thing. Uh, it's like I think uh, Dan said on Twitter. It's like traditions have to start somewhere. So um, if if that becomes like our thing, then so be it. I'm not I'm not too bothered by it. It's not it doesn't offend me. Interesting. Well, I think we're all of a similar uh, similar agreement there. But let's just be very clear. Liam would have sworn his head off at that point. <laughs> really, he, so <laughs> he hated it. But let's move on to Blackburn. Let's talk about our, our neighbours uh, neighbours from up the road. Now they're. Having a bit of a troubled time at the minute, a bit of a confusion reigning at present whether Gary Bowyer will be in charge by the time the weekend comes. Um, from their point of view, Jordan Rhodes seems to be interested in a few clubs as well with the window being shut in, what, 10 or 12 days' time? Is it something like less than that a week? Mm-hmm. Um, there's every possibility that he will or he won't play. We, don't, we, just don't, we just don't know. Obviously, they've lost Rudy Gisted, they've lost Baptiste and they've lost Spear from the team. So. Tom Kearney, eh, he's gone to Fulham. Is it Fulham? I think yeah, he's gone so. to also. So on a, know, they're, they're Fulham, not... on a point about Fulham, Tim Ream is number thirteen for Fulham. What a fucking joke! Carry on. Well, unlucky for some. Um, yeah, so we're back on topic. Blackburn not enjoying the best start to the season uh, themselves. So I think there's a good chance for us to go and, and sneak something there. Um, Team-wise, I, I don't think we'll see many changes, to be honest with you, unless we get an injury between here and there. I can see us maybe going slightly more defensive. I could see maybe Wellington uh, dropping out uh, and us putting another man in midfield just to, just to bolster things in there, because Blackburn do play one up top themselves, so every chance the midfield is going to be flooded. Um, but then again, there's an argument for that creative outlet on the, on the counter against a team who do defend deep, such as Blackburn. But Tom, I'll come to you first, and Dan, the same questions to you in a minute or two, but would you make... Any changes at all from the team that face Forest that weekend, and if so, what would they be? It's a, it's a hard one, really. I mean, I don't um, know if I don't know if he'll put Pizano in. Uh, I don't think Laurie Wilson's done anything to justify being dropped, but it's uh, I don't know. I don't think I don't think Blackburn are that good that we should really be having to adapt our formation uh, to suit them. But we we do sort of need to err with caution away from home because we are dreadful away from home. So uh, maybe see. Um, yeah, uh, you Vela probably rather than sparing coming for a uh, probably coming for Walker's place. I'd think, or maybe Feeney come back in for Wellington just because of the uh, extra work rate. Maybe definitely. And what about yourself, Dan? Where do you stand on that I debate? I wouldn't make any changes to the system. I don't think, like as Tom said, there, I think it's down dead on. I don't think we should suit to accommodate Blackburn. I think we should go be positive, be offensive because you know, they've got Nathan Delph fucking wins up from. If we can't beat a team with Nathan Delphons up from, then hmm. what's the point? We may as well just pack in. I think, yeah, I think we should just go we should go and try and assert ourselves onto them and not the other way around. I think the only change I'd make, I'd make Feeney for Walker and keep him 
because as I said it gives him a bit more balance and if he can get the crosses in when he's playing on the wing then that's all good with Wellington if he's overcome his cramp or whatever saw him off the pitch then he'd definitely be a certain starter for me unless he's just lacking a little, little bit of match fitness but he didn't that's what I'm concerned about I, yeah I think his youthful exuberance yeah he cramped up after about 65 minutes didn't he yeah. I think uh... Yeah, I, I was on the other side from that. I didn't know if he'd gone down with an injury, but I'm pleased to hear it was just cramp. But I wonder whether whether we'll, we'll after Sunday, uh, Saturday's blooding of him, or maybe easing him in slightly more. I, I yeah. yeah, sorry, I, I think that him and Feeney, uh, to an extent, would be useful players to, to bring off the bench if you're chasing a game. You know, yeah. again, a bit of pace on the counter, something different coming in from the start would be yeah. would be very interesting. Otherwise, yeah, I'm, I'm not intending on changing the, the back four. I think that Pisano will, will come in eventually, but I just don't think it'll be just yet because, quite frankly, yet. yeah, and quite frankly, there's no need to to, to rush him mm. because Wilson is Wilson is, you know, as six out of ten as he is, as you keep saying that that's not a bad thing yeah. really. There's no point disrupting a back line and, and throwing somebody into an important game. You know, it's only four games in, but it's an important game against a local rival. It's a game that we could do. We winning. Let's not forget we've not won a game yet this season. So. I'd be loath to change anything uh, as possibly as best we possibly could. Line, I think if Mox is, I think I'd like to. If we do get Casado in, Juan Manuel Casado, whatever his name is, if we do get him in, I'd like to have a proper look at Mox's injury and if it's not worth him playing and then you know making it worse. I know it's only a toe thing or something, but if it's worth him just missing a week or two because it's the international break after this, isn't it? I think. So if it's, worth, if it's worth him missing a week or two to just get back to full fitness and not risk anything, I wouldn't be opposed to Casado coming in. Oh, but that's the, interna- the international break could help us in that regard anyway because it, it, obviously he's not, they're not international players, these, so they're not going to be going anywhere. Yeah. So there's a chance to work on just formations work. and, and uh, yeah. systems and that kind of thing. So we have got a bit of chance coming up to that one. If Mox's injury, I'd like to have... Mox would be the only person in the defence I'd potentially removed because if his mm. injury I'd like to just have a proper look at his injury because it's not worth aggravating and losing him for months in that case definitely anyway. not definitely not Tom do you think would you keep uh, would you keep Walker in the side or would you start with Feeney or would you look at bringing Feeney on uh, depending on how the game's progressing and, and start with Walker again as as much as um, as much as I was like defending Walker before uh, I'm not sure he, he and I'm not sure he is a starter yet he might be. I think he will be in the future. I, I can see his potential and stuff. But I, th- I think for such an important game, I'd rather, as much as I hate to say it, I think yeah. you'd rather have like the more experienced uh, head of Feeney in there, maybe. Walker doesn't look quite yeah. match fit yet either. To be honest with you, he had that no. injury. I think I'm not opposed to him starting if he starts on the left. But I'd I can see him dropping. Yeah, he'd have to be on the coming. left if he plays. He can't. He can't be playing on. He can't be playing on the right again. There'll definitely be a change. The one of Wellington or Walker will drop out, and then. Feeney will come in for one of them, I imagine. And then the rest of it, unless Max's injury or anything else happens, I think we'll see only one change, I'd expect. Nothing else, really. Are you going, Dan? I'm looking into it, I think. But the, I'm trying to get tickets on the site, but it's not letting me buy two under-18 tickets together. So it's I don't know at the minute. I'm going to have to ring up and see. But if not, at least it's on telly. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm not bothering. I ain't got that sort of money. I'm going early on Saturday anyway, so I'm... Uh, I'll be having a couple of drinks at home watching the match with the takeaway and uh, putting off my packing until the next morning. But what about yourself, Tom? Are you, are you heading down? Uh, I'll be I'll be at Leeds Festival on uh, the Friday, getting a day ticket for the Friday. So Was that um, this Friday. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit, I remember going to that as well. Oh god. Oh, god. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, you should go to that big game. I wouldn't pretend to know who, who's on at these festivals these days. That's passed me by a long time ago. 
Um, interesting. Okay, well, it's only a brief topic uh, talk about Blackburn, really, because obviously it's an upcoming game. Um, it's still quite far a distance, I guess, with Friday. The pod will come out before then, I'm, I'm positive. Um, but otherwise, let's have a bit of a score prediction from you all. Um, Tom, I'll come to you first. What do you think is going to happen? How do you think it's going to go and who's going to win? Well, it'll be a tight affair. Um, I think. I don't think they're ever really classics when we play Blackburn, but um, I think we're going to take it 2-1. Who's going to score? Oh, um, not Medine. <laughs> no, uh, no. I hope Gary Medine does score. To be fair, um, let's say let's say Medine and Mark Davis. Interesting. I thought Mark Davis played a bit deep on Saturday for my taste, but that's just me. Ooh, um, that's Dan, point. yeah, that, I quite like him playing deep because when he plays an attacking position, he tends to come deep and search for the ball anyway. And I think if he's playing deep, he can get it without sacrificing an attacking body and then run forward with it and give it to one of the attacking players. I quite like yeah. him better, to be honest with you. I think he's... He does. He does, but I just think he's more... He's, his, his nippy, nippy nature and his direct running and what have you, I think, could be a direct compliment to someone like Wellington or Clough. And, yeah. and I just think he's just a bit wasted playing further back. Um, but let's go. Let's carry on with our score predictions. What, what, what do you think is going to come on? Uh, it's going to be a tight third. Like both teams, need, as Tom said, both teams need to win. I think I don't know. No one knows what's happening with Blackburn at the minute. Boy, who's going or not? They don't seem to have much style or substance at all. So I don't really know. It's hard to call. I'd, I'd like to say we'd win, but us away at the minute, it's not going well, is it? I think. Yeah, it's hard to say. I think maybe could. I think I think one either team will nick it one nil, and I think if we do, I'd I'd bet on Davik's got to score at some point because man, he's got the worst header in front of goal I've ever seen, and it's got to he's got to rectify one at some point. So I'll say one nil Davik. Interesting. I'm going to go with two one Wanderers. Uh, I'm going to have Clough and I'm going to have Medine coming in as well. And we'll stick a uh, we'll stick a Prince own goal in there as well, just for shits and giggles. Um, but cool, that's grand. Um, fingers crossed, it all comes to pass. Like I said, we're on telly on on Friday night. Uh, give us a chance to to bump up the table at least for a short amount of time if we can get the three points, which I'm sure we will. Um, but interesting stuff, fellas. Right, well, listeners, stay where you are. We're having another little tiny break here, and then we're going to dive into the final couple of segments, and then we'll leave you alone for the night. So, lads, stay where you are. We'll be back in a minute. Back for segment three of your favourite award-winning Bolton Wanderers podcast. Uh, actual awards still yet to be decided and awarded. Uh, but I'm Chris. I'm joined still by Dan, and I'm joined by Tom. Uh, are you having a good time tonight, fellas? Yeah, it's been cracking. Um, yeah, yeah. Wow, your, your enthusiasm overwhelms <laughs> me every single time. <laughs> segment three is a, is a popular one uh, with me, at least anyway. It's guess who. Uh, and for this, I'm going to pass you over to Daniel Horace Murphy, who's going to go through the rules and uh, to, and to play the game. So, Dan, all yours. For the record, Horace's name and middle name. <laughs> Dan, don't even know what that is, but it's, it's Ryan. It's Ryan. Anyway, guess Off who? You go. As it is, you know it is. I'm going to read some clues out. Chris and Tom here have to shout their first name out first before they guess the player, Elliot, and then they can have the <laughs> guess. They've got three guesses. <laughs> To, and then if they give the go over three guesses and don't get it right, they're out of the game, aren't they, Chris? Zero tolerance this week. No, definitely. So yeah, I think we are. Are we all understanding the rules, gentlemen? Yep, we are. Are we ready, gentlemen? We are. Okay, yeah, I'm ready. I was born on May sixteenth, nineteen eighty. Okay. I made seven appearances for Bolton Wanderers. You dickhead. <laughs> One of those was a substitute appearance in Lisbon. At least I think it was. 
I attended that game, but I must confess my memory of it is pretty hazy in a, an absolute whirl of Superbock and other things. I can imagine. I spent two years without a club before signing for Real Union last summer. God. This is the one where you'll get it, I think. I have a much more famous younger brother. Tom. Chris. Tom said it first. Uh, Shit. Uh, Come uh, on. Michael Alonso. Correct. Ah, you bastard. <laughs> Chris, you're the losing streak. What's going on? I'm positive I got that first. Oh, I, no, think, I, I, think there's a, I think there's a fix going on here. No, not at all. <laughs> the other clues, my final two clues were I was signed by Sammy Lee and finally my distant cousin was a fan favourite at the Reebok Stadium and of course that's Marcus Alonso have you seen his goal tonight with Fiorentina yeah but that doesn't make him a fan favourite though does oh, it he, he was, was a... he did become one <laughs> if you've got he a was... shan at Bolton don't say it because he wasn't he was he was pretty horrific he was, he was until his last season in which case in that last season and that once when we was good last time we was alright he was quality and don't even try and he was a better centre forward and a better centre forward than a left back. I don't even I don't even think he wanted to be a left back. He wanted to be a midfielder or something, that boy. He was forever forever pegging it upfield and derelicting his duties, uh, at least as a responsible road user. I don't like it. No, neither, neither should you. You should totally love who you love, you know. It's a free country, it's a free world. He was good and I think more people tell you he was good in that last season. I think he was shit up until then, don't get me wrong, but in that last season you'll find more people who Disagree with you, then agree with you. Tom, where do you stand? Uh, on Marcus Alonso, um, very like very good going forward. Um, suspect defensively, but that to be fair to him, that last season um, he did make that position his own. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Um, I remember. I remember the first time I seen him play, which was a uh, Burnley away in the cup, and he was dreadful. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Yeah, that was a bad night for everybody. That one. Yeah. I don't know. Well, an excellent game there. Um, like I said, the, the conspiracy continues, the fix continues. Um, but interesting, good stuff, Dan. Uh, I hope you get have a, a decent response next week as well in my absence and somebody can come in and continue to be cheated out of it like I have in the last fortnight. But I guess that's the that's what happens when you're, you're a very successful person that people come and try and shoot you down. <laughs> Must be, yeah. Mm, must be. Right, great. Well, we'll dive right onto the uh, the finale this week's pod, the uh, the Twitter question of the week. Now, this is in response to a, a newspaper interview I read with our esteemed former manager. Uh, if you're not sure I'm ta- who I'm talking about, I'm talking about one Douglas Friedman. He was positive that most Bolton fans, I think his words were, most Bolton fans would be appreciative and understanding of the job that he did uh, and also that history would judge him kindly. Um, mm, not sure about that. Uh, I think Mark Isles made a good point last week about people uh, calming down in their views somewhat in terms of Gary Megson as time passes. And maybe one day we'll get someone being complimentary and uh, nice about Owen Coyle on the internet. But I think uh, Dougie's got a long way to go from my point of view. But I'm going to come to you both in turn to uh, to find out whether you think that's correct after. But let's go through some of our reader responses and see what everyone said. Now, these uh, responses have been mainly called from Twitter, uh, and that's mainly because I forgot to post it on the Facebook page before. Uh, but give our Facebook page a like. It's Line of Vienna Suite. Give our Twitter a page a like as well, a follow, Line of Vienna STE. And don't forget to give us a review on iTunes also. That'd be much appreciated. But with a quick intake of breath, we'll dive in. So P Wanderer. Ha, 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 
Seriously? So he's uh, he's not 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 for you. Joe Norris, Jay Norris, BWFC representative of the Line of Vienna accounts team. Ha 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 ha. If he did a good job, I wouldn't take such pleasure in calling him a Scottish bellend. BWFC views and news. First season was a success. Then he started signing and selling players and enforcing his negative tactics. Nicholas Myatt, N Myatt, thirteen. Ha 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 
anything positive you could say about him. Obviously, he alienated the younger players. Um, like David Wheat said on apparently David Wheat said on the call commentary, he used to uh, um, ban players from doing extra training in a, which is he he just seems like a bizarre, strange little man. And um, well, I remember. Yeah, shortly after, I don't, uh, shortly I don't after. appreciate his spell. No, not at all. No, I don't think many people do, especially not the uh, the academy lads. But I remember shortly after we got fired, and um, we got a, a tweet from someone, uh, Line of Vienna, on the uh, on the the Twitter. Obviously, I was a direct message. I can't remember, and it was talking about how Dougie apparently is quite famous for the fact that he owns about a dozen Costa Coffee outlets. You know, it's like a franchisee. Oh, yeah. And um, <laughs> one of the criticisms were says that even the staff in the Costa Coffee hate him uh, because, <laughs> because, because, of the, because of the way that he runs Costa Coffee outlets when he's, managing, when he's not managing a football team. So I thought that was quite in, in, in interesting in terms of his managerial outlook is that if you can't run a Costa Coffee branch, then how can you expect it to run a football club? Um, but very interesting. I mean, I won't go in a Costa Coffee anyway, you know, just as a result of hoping one day that I go in the one that Dougie owns and I'm actually putting a bit of money in his pocket. So I refuse to do that. But lads, it's been a very interesting topic there. Um, we'll think of a Twitter question probably in advance of the day before the pod uh, for next week. Uh, and we'll come up with some bit more varied answers, perhaps to try and get something a bit more wide ranging. It's a bit unanimous whenever you ask a question about Dougie at this minute in time. The, the, the wounds are still quite raw. And, uh, and that's a difficult thing to say after a couple of beers at 11 o'clock at night on a Sunday. Uh, but I appreciate your cooperation, your collaboration, and your joining us tonight, boys. It's been very enjoyable. Uh, Dan, you know what to do. You're on getting the podcast out duty so that the lovely listeners can uh, have something to do when they're supposed to be working, listening to our dulcet tones talking about Wanderers and Leeds Festival and other nonsensical matters. But that's what we're here for. That's what people enjoy. Um, numbers have been growing steadily as well on the podcast. So, again... Thank you everybody for listening and downloading as many and the, uh, versions and as times as you can. And go on. New show. We had the Talking Trotters pilot a few weeks ago now. Correct. And now, now Alistair's back from Gallivanting across America. He's it's officially out, out, isn't it? Yeah, Talking Trotters episode one is out featuring here Tom Malai with his under-21s round up and whatnot. And it's really good. I recommend you listen to it. So it's, if, if you subscribe to the Love Pod... And you're on, you know, you've got an iPhone or iPod that was made after about 2009. It should already be in your podcast feed, and just give it a listen. I think it's quite nice, quite a nice little 30 minute respite from, you know, a nice little thing to tide you over until you get us back again. So go and listen to it. Definitely, and being an owner of of such an iPod, one that uh, I have to download things manually, copy. Yeah. copy it to it it also works on those antiquated devices as well so don't feel like just because you're not up on the latest technology that you can go without any of our offerings uh, audio offerings that is because you're always well catered for with your mates here don't worry about that but we'll leave it for there for today fellas uh, this is episode 24 in the can um, we'll be back next week uh, I won't be I'll be in, uh, in Fuerteventura chilling successfully uh, looking back on a thumping victory for Bolton on Friday night against Blackburn so don't let me down, fellas. I hope you enjoy the pod next week. I'm sure it'll be a good and uh, no pressure at all. So, Dan, thanks for being on tonight. Where can people find you online if they want to uh, engage with you about anything at all in the world? As always, and as forevermore, it is at Mabroski on the old Twitter. Come and say hello. So It's at Mabroski and everything, to be honest with you. You search Mabroski and pretty much anything, you'll probably find me. So, yeah, you know. Sex of offenders. Yeah, you know, I was just about to fucking say that. <laughs> <laughs> you knew you'd go, for God's sake. Oh. <laughs> What about yourself, Tom? Uh, obviously, people can find you on, on the Line of Vienna website if you were uh, to check out your excellent writing on the topic of, of Bolton Wonders and the footballing world in general. But otherwise, uh, 
where, where can people find you? Where can they come and say hello? And where can they come and say that you uh, you don't know what you're talking about? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tomaloy. If uh, if you like, <laughs> if you like, uh, and uh, literally, well, it, it is just at Tomaloy. And um, but yeah, uh, literally, all my tweets will probably be about uh, Bolton Wanderers or going out. So if that's what you're into, then give us a follow. Very good, very good. And, and as ever, I'm at 90 man in 83. Um, all kinds of stuff, really. Um, untapped uh, films, you know, wrestling, anything really. Um, yeah, come and say hello, lads. And, and thank you again for listening, one and all. Uh, we'll be back next week with Lullpod 25, um, quarter of a century old, so to speak. Who'd have thought it, eh? Right, good stuff. We'll leave it there for today. I've tried to say goodbye about three times. It's turned into a bit of a Return of the King situation. We just can't let go. Uh, but we'll go now. We've got work in the morning, unlike some students I could mention, but we don't like to talk about them. So have a good working week. Enjoy yourselves. Come on, you whites, and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Bye.